from the first layer of experience that we uh, come across or encounter or is our orientation is the verbal and we seek the verbal orientation tell us what to do, where to go, how we are, what we're supposed to be, what comes next. It's generally fairly fast moving and uh, in ordinary life the verbal stuff tends to move faster and faster in order to keep up with the increasingly rapid moving um, information that's happening to us uh, through technology and through conversation. So it's a very fast moving thing. Get to the next, the next, yeah, but then the next, and what does that mean? And a bit more, and how's that, yeah? And now, how's it going, yeah, right? Did you get that, next? Jump, 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 jump. That's, that's, it's a fast moving thing. And then when you come to this, it's like, bam. Next. Who said there was a next? (laughs) Mm. Of course, things unfold. You know, we're in a dynamic, things are unfolding, shifting, changing. But uh, to, for mindfulness, you're seeking another mooring, which is a sense of constancy. Mm. Same thing. So, so mindfulness, you're seeking a sense of, you know, a, a reference point that can be, you know, a, a pretty constant. Coming back to it. To both interrupt this rapid deluge of moving stuff and to remind us actually all that very fast moving linguistic stuff is really imposed and inculcated through you know social verbal technological content it's not even people talking to us anymore or it's people talking through the system or through the machine to get on, to get done, to deal with the next person or the next item and hurry up. So just something that, no, we're not meditating like that. Um, the simple constancy of, uh, uh, that, that both stands against the, the tide without, it's not averse to it, it's just this it's not a linguistic form it doesn't operate that way you can talk about it of course but it's not it's not only not a word but it doesn't do things that words do it doesn't jump along it doesn't find conclusions it doesn't seek answers it doesn't understand why it doesn't need to understand why because its purpose is just to be a mooring post where the river came from what it's about how high it's going to fly it doesn't know it doesn't need to know because it's a mooring post it just there it is and there's a calming in that 
So, you know, there is when we, as I talk about meditation, we're using words. When we read about meditation, we're going through the process of words, and it's pretty easy to get from complete delusion to arahantship in about two paragraphs. You know, maybe 45 seconds. Next. It's not just the words themselves, but the, the speed of it and the logic of it, how things with words, one thing logically progresses to the next in terms of grammar and consequence and, you know, the, the language, the movement of language from subject, agency, object, conclusion, that movement, that's, that's imposed. Mm. And because it is labelled as highly intelligent, then that's the one that gets the uh, becomes the priority. So we can find if we haven't got the language, we don't know. Then we feel stupid, or if things aren't moving along in the mode of that speed of language, we're not making any progress. We're not discovering new things, and. Uh, we're not building up a practice. And this is something to, I suggest, really challenging that. As if, as if, you know, spiritual unfolding was going to depend upon words and the movement of words. As if it could ever move at that, that rate. It's like, you know, if you cut your finger and you say, okay, finger cut, now heal. Go on. Something's going wrong, it hasn't healed. I said the word heal. You're all right, it's fine, it's all over now. The knives are wet now. Come on, move on. It doesn't do that, but you leave it alone and just look after it. It starts to change into a, something healthy. There's an organic quality to it. And this is much more in line with the reality of... Um, spiritual, even even question that word, uh, but uh, dhammic, sacred, sacred is not verbal. Mm. And what it does move through is confidence, truthfulness, Harmlessness, patience, goodwill. <coughs> Staying present in that, that atmosphere. And energy is there, sure energy, but energy is just that steady holding the ground here. And something begins to build up more organically, you might say. So to find our, our mooring post and that the, you know, 
that could be just as you know these can be just a very simple kind of log stuck in the ground or it could be something that's more um, evolved than that developed than that but using mindfulness of body and no next let, let next happen by itself based upon the input the steady input the steady encouragement of truly spiritual qualities or sacred qualities um, that's trust, faith mm. steady energy goodwill, patience mm. reference not spinning off, not losing touch with it, not uh, getting impatient, dropping it, rushing off to something else, staying with it. What do we stay with? We say mindfulness of body, there is a body. There is mindfulness of knowing to the extent to know there is a body. What does that mean to you? What does that translate to indirect experience, a sense of the pressure on the ground, earth, ground, really dwelling in that and the given nature of it. You don't have to do it. You can feel the contact of the body sitting on the ground. Ground I use metaphorically, it could be a cushion, seat, whatever. It's that rooted sense and then arising something coming out of that the upright axis of the body space around don't forget the space which gives us the feeling of openness and safety we're not pressed we're not squashed we're not jabbed by anything and then what you can detect of this rhythmic life force, breathing in, breathing out. And sati, mindfulness, just bearing that in mind, staying on theme with that, bearing it in mind. Mindfulness, very simple function, just to hold something (coughs) without difference between mindfulness and clinging Mindfulness has got no other aim except just to bear it in mind. It's not seeking to derive some quality from it. It's not, it's not initiate, initiated by craving to suck something out or to seek something. It just wants to hold. It's a very um, unbiased sense. How, how, what does upright mean to you? How is that experienced? Mm. Mm. Enrich it, go into it. Feel the way the body can hold the form. Flexing, it's not rigid. And then you can sense within through that you the verbal patterns of 
fluttering around like the you know, the tides swinging around just staying with this and you then by itself the you also begin to experience some of the other layers strange feeling moods maybe pushes urges pressures these are the old karmic or inherited uh, layers of what's been experienced that are stuck in our in our embodied pattern often a lot of compression for people a lot of constricting of emotion using uh, the body tightens up to control to keep things down it tightens up you know, shoulders the chest the throat you know keep keep the wobbly weird stuff down <laughs> and you start to you transfer from that you know, which perhaps we had to do we had to keep it canned yeah and it's not a case of just opening all you know opening the can like that you have to have a support which instead of uh, holding which comes through suppression or clinging a holding that comes through mindfulness there is this there is the felt there is the sensed i don't understand it it's moving through there is the ground there is the space there is the rhythm breathing and returning to that what is felt is felt mindfulness the ability to be with an experience rather than in it rather than submerged under all that maintaining a frame of reference that allows this experience to be unfold and through that process we begin to realize none of this defines me there's that hint of freedom it's like this now this is what has been generated it's like this I'm not in it I'm not of it I can be with this develop this particular just this particular form in itself a very simple form of mindfulness of body you begin with uh, your seat your sense of touching ground and as that becomes more strongly felt and to the fore you start to draw your attention upwards 
through the spinal axis. And widening to include the space around you. So you establish kind of like a something that resembles the physical body but is not exactly the same. It's got a ground, it's got an upright, it's got, it's got a certain um, span but it can even go above your head just slightly as if you're aware of the top of your head and the space, just the space above your head space in front of your face, behind your head, behind your back, as if you are within, you know, you, you sense your physical body within a space that is not infected with pressure, free from fear, free from obstruction, breathing in, breathing out. And you begin to to discard what you don't need. Don't need that tightness in my fingers. Don't need the holding in the jaw. Mm. And what remains is to be fully felt and where does it get comfortable in that where do you find a sense of assurance in that breathing in, breathing out
I'd like to present a walking form and I think what you're going to begin to recognize is the attention in these these forms that I'm suggesting is fairly relaxed it's not it's not really scrutinizing it's a fairly relaxed attention and just holding you know interested sensitive but it's not it's not trying to magnify anything Seems sometimes things magnify by themselves, <laughs> and uh, but what I would suggest is that within that we are in a way, we are scrutinising to a degree. Just what can be put aside that's not is superfluous, is unnecessary, like tomorrow, what you know, what people think of me or something like that and as you sort of just put aside you might find that one doesn't get put aside it comes back because it's not it's not as superfluous as you think it might there's an emotional embeddedness in that you know like oh tomorrow doesn't matter then it doesn't matter Uh oh it does matter what does this mean anxiety oh now that is not a small thing. So this, what's called deep attention, yoni somana sikara, well, okay, the way I'm interpreting it, let's be straight, is just, you know, as things are happening, as you begin to do that, sort of putting aside, this isn't relevant, this isn't relevant, and something keeps coming back, you realize, well, Perhaps it is relevant. There may be some stupid thought, you know, some totally ridiculous thought that surely it doesn't matter. Dong, there it is again. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the words don't matter. What's the emotion? What's the me- what's the tone of it? Yeah. So we might. So I encourage. And with that process, you, you hear the string of words, it could be kind of spinning out quite fast. And you notice, oh, what's the one term that sums that up? Um, busy, okay, busy. And then, underneath that, what's the mood? Hurry, pressure. Mustn't get it wrong. Got to be on time, have to sort it out. Got to, ah getting closer. Now, what's happening in your body? Feeling pressure in my chest, breath rate speeding up. What's the, what's the tone? Anxious. Okay, and you, when you get the right tone, it, it, you get it, you know, aha, uh-huh. there's an aha, uh-huh. resonates. Now that piece, then, this is anxiety, okay, it's in my chest, it's round my throat, it's hunching my shoulders, it's tightening my eyes, it's getting my fingers active. Can I go to any part in my body which feels more relaxed? You know, you can do this with walking. Go there and 
from that more comfortable place you begin to, if you like, open and receive the anxiety. Uh Like, okay, here's this, I'm with this. And you can do it widening your attention from the impacted place in your body, in your embodiment, into the whole body, the entirety. So powerful emotions or strong repeated emotions will tend to localize us. In other words, we feel very much tightening in the diaphragm, solar plexus maybe, sinking in the shoulders. So from these impacted places, widening retention, down your back, down your legs into the ground, breathing in, breathing out through the whole form, oh, allows that, the energy of that emotion to unwind, to loosen. Emotions are in the body and they have an energy in them, as you know. So we come from the verbal level to the emotional level to the somatic level. In the somatic level you can use your body to and that process as it unravels may bring up other emotions like suddenly feel a rush of anger or a feeling of sadness or something else because in the release other the release is often expressed in some kind of emotional sense, subtle emotional sense, tonality sense. So th- this can be a, this unraveling. Now, so the attention there is actually quite wide and is encouraged to widen from a very localized position to a much more global position in order to get the resource of the, of the whole body and the resource of the full breath. Because our afflictions will tend to tighten us or spin us off into local experiences where we get very intense, very wound up, very obsessed, very narrowed, very tunneled into something that seems so, you know, and like, where am I? Jeez. So you can do this with standing, walking, sitting. In a walking form, you use the something rhythmic. Rhythm is very helpful because rhythm is the is the simple, soothing, baby rocking heartbeat stuff that makes you makes the body feel ah uncomfortable, alive. If it's rushing, it feels pressured. If it's irregular, it feels disoriented. So something about steady rhythm that has a, a healing effect in it. Mm. Now, rest state, we're a steady rhythm. It's our rest state. Mm. And that's a, a comfortable um, level to abide at. So in a way, meditation should, okay, there's that dreadful word, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you're looking out for how does this get? A, how do I get a little more restful? <laughs> and looking for the more comfortable, assured, rested places in one's heart, in one's body, 
those will be your resources. And that then you open those to act as, uh, you know, as doorways to allow the less restful stuff to, to discharge. Discharge, the intensities, discharge, discharge, release, discharge. Mm. When you cultivate walking, you know, you have obviously the upright sense, standing. How do you get walking? Where does walking happen? You get the regular shift from one side to the other side of the body. As you go from one leg to the other leg. It can be, you know, just a normal pace. You feel the body to puts its weight on one leg, the other leg rolls round from the pelvis, there's a sense of movement through space, and then that foot on the ground, and the body rests on that foot, the other leg comes up. So it's it's got a rhythm to it, and uh, the whole body, the whole body is walking, but, um, you know, so you notice if you relax, there's this turning at the waist level where the, the pelvis is swinging to do the walking. Walking doesn't begin in your feet, it begins in your pelvis and your hips and your back. That's the shifting. Now the body is relaxed, you'll find that, that shifting, that turning in the waist has also an effect in the chest and the shoulders. So there's a slight swing. This means you're not locked, and you want to have that looseness, which means the body is not tensing up or shut, it's, it's open. And then this rhythmic experience can gently oscillate, um, resonate through the body field. See, so this is background tonality of something that's... Uh, Rhythmic, that's quite simple, and swinging along. And naturally within that, that in fact allows the more, um, that which needs to be handled to arise. And if you can stay in that rhythmic walking, it begins to discharge the intensifications, the locking, the speeding, that, that is a sign of the afflicted um, layers. Okay, so just a reminder, you know, standing, you feel both feet on the ground and then shift to one side, pelvis turns, feel the sense of the lightness of the leg and then that pressure as it hits the ground, shifting the weight onto the other leg and then that turning again and down. Notice not just the sensations but also the space. Foot comes off the ground, the space travels through the space, and then sensation again. So get get the whole thing. Relax your eyes. Yeah. Partly because our our default mode of walking, of course, is to arrive somewhere. So we're looking out, and um, we're goal oriented. We're moving towards the point. Of course, in walking meditation, there isn't a point to walk to. So, 
you know, you get to the end of the walking path, well, big deal, you turn around and walk back again. So, um, you know, so you want to switch off that mode of attention by softening the visual gaze, even turning the eye gaze down or softening it. So you're much more always in this body as it moves through space. Feeling the rhythm, just let you as if you're chesting your way through, through water, you know, or through some medium that opens in front of your body, like a boat going through water. So you, so you stay right here, because the eyes will always throw you forward. That's their job. But don't walk with your eyes. Walk with your body, and. Um, Turn that down, and if you find yourself going into automatic, because once you do the the challenge of something that's rhythmic and repetitive, is you get to know it. Okay, right, that's known, and you go into automatic. You don't pay attention to it. You know, okay, here he's walking here, right. Going into the verbal again. So when that starts happening, stop, pause. Where am I now? What's happening in my chest, my belly, my legs right now? Oh, shoulders have lifted. Isn't that interesting? head had started to stick forward you know you notice how the verbal patterns throw you up and forward and you didn't really even recognize it you come back now throat are tightened up because verbal patterns associated with the throat oh loosen so come out of that walking. So whenever that you get the automatic and what will you'll probably begin to recognise it by increased verbalization, getting fed up with walking, because this isn't getting me anywhere, I can't concentrate, I can't be mindful, I can't meditate. And look at the way she's walking. <laughs> you know, get all that stuff going on. And how long are you supposed to do this for? And this isn't, this isn't, I'm getting into Samadhi light, this is, stop. Standing, walking. So, the Buddha's instruction on walking meditation is one walks mindfully Dispelling that which needs to be dispelled. <laughs> that's it, you know. It's all this kind of intricacy. That's it, you know. And uh, how fast? How long? How fast? How long? Well, what feels good for you? What feels like a good speed for you? Where you feel, you know, comfortable in your body, steady. It could change from day to day, 
or feels good for you. And what about the length, so that you don't feel you're just kind of trapped in a cage? <laughs> but it's not like going on a hike, you know. <laughs> what feels right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What feels right is what feels right. And again, you know, we have this time here for your welfare, for your practice. Mm. So, how long for? What, What feels right for you? Find out. Don't expect to get it right immediately. How else are you going to learn? Sometimes you may just think, I oh, just go for a stroll instead, you know, because I'm so tight. Oh, so I just, I feel that that helps me to let things unravel in a much less, in a much more organic way. Fine. <laughs> yeah. See you at tea time. <laughs> so, you know, we're trying to gently encourage, you know, and it, takes a while just really finding the authority, mindfulness, restraint, conscience of concern, may others be well, may I don't want to you know, impact others in a negative way. And you say internalizing a structure through an inter- internalizing the intelligence of the sacred. What is truly for my deepest value and meaning. Mm. Now, mm. so walk, stand, sit. And uh, we'll meet again this evening. So get back by the evening. Mm-hmm.